Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast, the Husker Fan Sports Show with Dave Honky. Mac and Boomer. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast. I'm your host, David Gaspers, and I'm with Honky. Like a gut punch from Bud Crawford, college football is about to take over our weekend existence for the next four months. I love this time of year. Nice. And Mac. What's up, guys? Just getting out of the concert. I've got some signed tickets by Husker players here from... Kendrick Lamar. Just kidding, that'd be a recruiting violation of some type. <laughs> nice, I like it. <laughs> Big night in Lincoln. I like it. Yeah, it was. Uh, Boomer, what do you got? Well, I was just excited to see Bud Crawford carry on the long and story tradition of winning big games and championships in Pinnacle Bank Arena. That, that's right, just like Husker basketball. That's mm. the truth. Well, uh, I'm just uh, proving my dedication to the Redcast. I'm, uh, instead of watching live, I'm DVRing the uh, cornhole uh, championships that are on ESPN News right now. So uh, it's all about you guys. Very nice. My priorities are straight. Sacrifices. All right, uh, Honky, our social media director, what do you got for us on uh, Twitter? All right, well, we had another uh, successful week of Twitter, po- Twitter polls, and uh, Twitter polls. our main one for the week was Jerry DiNardo said that in year three for the Huskers, it kind of looks like a reboot. What areas do you think uh, will see the most improvements for these changes? And 49% say the offense, the pro style, and just Tanner Lee in general. 39% said defense, so the Diaco 3-4 change. 11% said special teams, specifically no more Coach Reed. That was popular. (laughs) And 1% said other, let us know, and then they didn't let us know. Um, We had 228 votes, so again, a very nice uh, successful poll there. Uh, for some of the comments, uh, Diesel Main and Husker Hawk, they were both on the defensive side of things. Husker Hawk saying, I think we'll see that the firing of Banker was actually more valuable than the change of QB play. I don't understand those who checked O for the offense. Uh, Alex, uh, he thinks on the offensive side, it's too bad our 2016 receiver core and Stephen Carter couldn't have played with our 2017 quarterback. He still thinks the QB play will be the most improved. And uh, loyal listener Reed Streisick uh, thinks on the special teams, he says, special teams all the way. Just heard Sharp and Benning talk about uh, Bruce Reed not even being there for half of the practice each day. You heard what I heard. Yeah. So in addition to our weekly poll, we also kind of are going to be doing a one-day poll each week that's very specific about maybe some kind of X's and O's number. And this week was, what do you think about the over-under for the Husker tight end catches? And 70% of you think it's less than 45 this year. And or 30% say less than 45, and 70% say 45 or more. So to put that in perspective, Ethan Carter had 25 last year, and, and 70% of our Redcasters think 45 or more. And last but not least, uh, just fresh, it's on Twitter today. Uh, this week's trivia question is Whiskey and or Wisconsin and Notre Dame announced a home-and-away series last week that will be played at neutral sites. Are you in favor of these types of games? So... Go out there and vote. Uh, it's out there for five days, so you have until 
you know, the weekend. So go for it, Redcasters. Nice. And if, if you want our takes, you can listen to last week's podcast, right? That is correct. Great, great. So uh, let me make sure I get that right. The first poll there, 49% took the offense. Is that correct? Correct. 49% think that the offense is going to be, be the biggest improvement area. 39% think defense. And then 11 was special teams. Yeah, pretty strong for, for O&D. Makes sense. Makes mm-hmm. sense. Uh, all right. Well, guys, uh, another week of uh, practice in the books. They're already moving uh, since classes start on Monday over to uh, uh, game day preparations, I think. Uh, Mac, uh, others, uh, what are you hearing out there? Yeah, it sounds like they're making some really good progress through the camp. It, it almost feels like this was kind of a, a perfect format for this team for this year. You know, they extended the camp out a little bit. And I think that staff had done a really good job of kind of keeping a really efficient flow to practice. I've, I've heard that report lots of times that practice just looks really efficient and, and moving along nicely to the point that, you know, last week they were even talking about how they've put the uh, coordinators up in the box to go ahead and try to run some game time simulations. So that to me seems a little far ahead, you know, and a really nice place to be if we're kind of fine-tuning the game day stuff. And that's, you know, just speaks to this coaching staff's um, forward thinking, their ability to prepare. Yeah, they're two um, weeks out, right? Yeah, I mean, already closing camp. That's a, I think that's a great sign, you know. Um, beyond Matt. that, there, I know there's some players standing out. Honky, what have you heard? Well, I was going to ask you about that, Mac. Do you think some of that maybe has to do with the two-a-days and us getting in one week earlier into practice? Is that why we're maybe a week ahead? I think that has a lot to do with it. I think that the summer work is really paying off for these guys. The fact that Tanner Lee's been on this team, I know he hasn't started or played any games, but being on the on the scout team last year and just allowing him to already have relationships with these receivers, I think has really accelerated the process of knowing what to do. So, I mean, I, to me it shows confidence in, in what the what the offense is doing, maybe even what the defense is doing, and moving the moving those coaches up there to just kind of see what it looks like. I agree with that. that I don't think that point gets talked about enough. When you compare, say, like Harbaugh's first year at Michigan, he brings in a Jake Rudock. Rudock basically got to Michigan, and I don't even know if he was there for spring ball. And Tanner Lee, even though this is his first year starting here, he's been here for an entire year now. He's had the full offseason. He's sat through home games a year ago and and all the film sessions and everything. So I think that does accelerate some of the the learning process here. It seems like with uh, the extra week, essentially, of practice – Sure, you're getting the same amount of reps in, and the the two days actually kind of compact that. But by lengthening it, it seems like the uh, the the mental uh, upload of of the playbook and whatnot would be easier to have more time. Am am I right there? The way they've kind of structured it this this time around is you know they have practice fairly early in the morning so they do the they they do the practice in the morning kind of before the sun gets hot and then it gives them the whole day to kind of recover their bodies and that's a big part of it you know they hydrate them they feed them and then they they also do film study and then that gives them the ability to go ahead and break down the practice film later on that day so they get a you know break down the film of their morning practice the same day so it really gives them i think excellent opportunities to teach so I, I, it feels like this formula has worked really well for how the coaches structured this fall camp, at least, you know, in the, in the world of the offseason. <laughs> yeah, it's not something that Riley actually asked for, but they seem like they've they made the best of it, out of it. Yeah, Riley's made a point to say, they. I mean, they're there all day. It's a full day of work. It's just not as much on the practice field, not having two-a-days, but they seem to really have been efficient there. I think a couple of the 
themes that we've talked about in the last show or two. We've talked about freshmen, who's going to be playing and who's not. We've talked a little bit about injuries, and we saw a little bit more of that kind of come out in the last week where they kind of almost coincide with each other. But, um, but you know, guys like DeAndre Thomas seem to really be stepping up as a true frosh, and one of the reasons is that Stoltenberg's been sitting out a little bit. They're trying to save him a little, and also it sounded like he was going through some pro- concussion protocol stuff, nothing serious. You know, he'll be playing, but I think we're starting to get a clearer grasp on – maybe who some of those freshmen are they're going to play and and again knock on wood and and let's be lucky here but uh injuries have been you know relatively speaking pretty pretty good for Hammond us hockey so what are you doing but we're I didn't we're say doing it in, time, a, in a, so we're doing it in a night and you know like i said knock on wood you know very positive we're not going to have injuries we're thinking good healthy thoughts that's right right good healthy thoughts all right that sounds good uh, all right, yeah. I mean, it should be interesting to see how they transition. I, I can't imagine why they would need uh, two weeks to, to get ready for Arkansas State. So do you see them actually using some of this additional time to start uh, prepping for Oregon as well? The official uh, answer to that is no. Yeah, absolutely. We, <laughs> they would never look ahead You one take game. everything one game at a time, Dave. Mm-hmm. And well, if wink, that's the wink. case, we better, you know – kick the Redwoods butts right I mean, we got two weeks to prep for these guys come on I, I think you know I think uh, Riley can stick Gary Darnell on on uh, Oregon you know for the next two weeks and have him really prep a, a, a game plan or what you know whatever and, and allow Diaco to just focus on on Arkansas State but yeah I mean obviously we know in week two there's there's a huge game that's going to determine whether or not we're going to be five and zero by the time we're playing Wisconsin the good news is there is a little bit of pressure for that first game anyway. People are are super curious as to how this team's going sure. to look. There's there's a it's important for them to have a good showing defensively and offensively. You know, it's not this is not a game they should be overlooking. It's the first game of the year. They need to well, they don't need to or have to impress the fans, but it would be lovely. Yeah, you know, go ahead. Start off on the right foot. Yeah. I mean, at the same time, you don't want to show show everything you've got exactly, yeah. uh, in week one either. So, you know, I think it's interesting to see how they, they strategize with this. But uh, let's, let's just hope that they, they do come out firing on all cylinders from the get-go. It's the truth. Excellent. Well, I think we got a, a great show today. We got uh, the conference uh, breakdown of our own glorious Big Ten. So we'll be focusing on that um, uh, tonight. Uh, we'll have a little fun with a... Uh, a Big Ten fantasy football draft, uh, Redcast style, uh, should help us kind of break out what, who we think are some of the best players in in the conference, um, and also do some national prediction stuff, uh, over and underrated uh, Heisman Trophy, that type of stuff. Uh, I know we're just been uh, breaking all that stuff down all all uh, preseason, but we'll give you a kind of a recap. Uh, so uh, before we uh, dive into uh, sweep left, which will be our our uh, wide-angle view of college football. Uh, Boomer, we got a uh, trivia question yet uh, lined up for this week? Trivia time. Oh, I certainly do. So taking a little easier this week after uh, Honky's uh, disastrous uh, South Carolina reference last week. <laughs> Still so kicking myself. Right, as well you should be. We're all disappointed. Honky claims that he remembers every single Husker football game since the uh, beginning of the Penn State kickoff classes in 83 up 
except for apparently the bowl game versus South Carolina. I listened to that too. I thought that was so funny the way you phrased that. I remember every single game after that. <laughs> you're you're mocking perfectly. Me. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Fire back away. to the subject at hand. Sticking with the Big Ten, we'll keep it simple this week. Of the current members of the Big Ten, how many of them does Nebraska have a losing record against, and who are they? Losing record, and you're not telling us how many. So it's it's this nope. is actually yeah. this is actually pretty tough. Well, it is. Right. We have a losing record against Minnesota. That was mine. A losing record against Ohio State. Seems reasonable. It's interesting with Michigan. I'm not sure how many times we played them. Period. I mean. In my in our lifetime, we lost to them in a bowl game in the '80s and beat them in a bowl game in the Alamo Bowl, and we're two yeah. and one against them in, in conference. So we have a, a winning record against Michigan in our lifetime. I don't know how that we've played them nine times. What about Rutgers? Nine, nine times. Nine times. Nine times. Nine times. I, I think I, it's a good guess to say that we have a losing record against them. Yeah, I, I can think of three wins. I, oh, and four, certain, no, four wins great. because we beat them the first year of uh, Devaney, the second game. So we're at oh, least yeah. okay. Four I don't, you know, we're, we have yeah. four wins out of nine tries. I'm still going to yeah, say we're four yeah. and five against Michigan, shot. though. Um, Wisconsin, I want to say we have a losing record against them by now, for sure. We're, what, one and five against them in conference? And I think they beat us one time in the 70s at least. So I'm just, by nature, I'm going to say we have a losing record to them. Penn State? Probably have a winning record. I think we have a winning record. We should have a winning record against Penn State. We've been one and one back in the 80s. We were three and oh in conference against them. One and one early in the. Yeah, I'm going to. I'll say Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio State, Minnesota. No to Indiana. God, Lee Corso used to coach there. We destroyed (laughs) Corso. I mean, he was. Did we ever play Rutgers back when they were good? No, were they what, good? like eighteen sixty seven or whatever. Correct. Last no, because when, when we when we when did play them the like two years ago, that was the I think I remember reading some stuff about that was the first time we'd played them. So okay. I don't think you know the Maryland. Maryland's and and yeah. Purdue's and Illinois would be. I'm not sure about Illinois. Like if there's something historical with them, Iowa we shouldn't have a losing record with. So I okay. I'm going to say Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio State. Those are my, those are my four. I'll throw in Illinois. Hey, Dave's going for five. McGuire, anything different? No. No. <laughs> All right. Well, the correct answer was was four teams. You were correct on four. Uh-oh. You didn't get them quite right. The correct okay. answers are Minnesota, Ohio State, Wisconsin, and we have a losing record, surprisingly, against Indiana. We are four, yeah. We are four, four, and one against Michigan, thanks to the stupid, stupid ties that they used to have in college football. Huh. I doubt those are gone away. We are actually eight, nine, and three against Indiana. We had a horrible, horrible stretch of playing Indiana every year in the '40s into the '50s, and we lost basically every time we played them. Huh. After that, can... we've pretty well dominated the way Honky said against the Hoosiers. But otherwise, Please. yeah, that that old stretch kind of killed us against the Hoosiers. 
Then, and just for fun, I looked it up. We are one and one against the University of Chicago. So if we really want to go back to the early days of the conference, we're, we've still got a tie with them. So. <laughs> Excellent. You know, that actually brings up a, a, a thought I had from last week's uh, uh, SEC uh, breakdown because we gave them a pretty hard time uh, with their non-conference scheduling. And I think looking into their schedules going forward, they're getting a little bit better, especially with leaving their own footprint. Uh, but uh, one of the arguments they typically make is uh, that a lot of their teams actually have a an in-state rival that's out of conference, right? So you've got, mm-hmm. you know, Florida plays Florida State. You've got Georgia plays Georgia Tech. South Carolina plays Clemson. Kentucky plays Louisville. Um, there are probably one or two more in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you were to do that in the, you know, if in the future or in the Power five schools break off and they only play other power five schools. Uh, what if if the Big Ten had everybody had one non-conference designated rival, right? So like Iowa does already play Iowa State. Um, you have any any interesting thoughts on on what those games would be like? For example, Illinois could play Missouri every every year, right? Yeah, or Missouri could play Kansas every year too. Um, <laughs> I mean, if, like a Big Ten, if, so you're presuming Kansas is in the Big Ten, then Hawk. I like it. Well, I was going to say Oklahoma's presuming Oklahoma, with them. Oklahoma's not in the Big Ten. If they if they weren't, maybe in the future, wink, wink. Uh, it would be great to have a Nebraska Oklahoma non conference uh, yearly game. That would I would have no problem with that. If Oklahoma was already in, though, would you take K State or something like that? Oh, absolutely not, K State. Um, no, I have no interest <laughs> in playing them every year. No, you know, maybe something like Colorado and, would be kind of fun. Yeah. Or Missouri, I wouldn't yeah. hate it just for that old Big Eight kind of kind of ties. It's hard to see people getting too worked up about anyone else in particular. I mean, sure, what an annual series against Washington State or anything is that? Trivia? Yeah, it has to have something. I, I, I mean, yeah. Miami's always a fun game. Oh, that's a good one, Mac. If you could play Miami every year, be a great recruiting matchup, you, you know, yeah, go a little south. And, yep, and you have. And what would be nice too is it's a great idea to be able to bring a South school up north. Like oh, I would love to see nice. sure. the way that like uh, Clemson and South Carolina play their game, and Georgia and Georgia Tech play their game. Not at the beginning; they play it the last weekend of the season. Yep, that's Could you right. imagine playing Miami in Lincoln the the day after Thanksgiving? Oh, that would I get chills just thinking about <laughs> that. Be idea. cool. That would be wonderful. Right. Right. They don't even have cold gear. They'd have to yeah. learn entirely new <laughs> well, stuff. Well, that'd be perfect for Adidas, you know, to yeah. actually, you know, say, "Hey, we've just fitted Miami with cold weather gear." Adidas I mean, could probably they they still they still sponsor Miami, right? I think so. I believe Gosh, so. They should be pushing for this. That would be a great matchup for them. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, yeah. just, just a thought, you know. I mean, you obviously have Penn State could have Pitt, you know, Rutgers can have UConn, uh, Maryland can go back and play an ACC foe, uh, I, you know, and it could be uh, just a an interesting way to look at uh, scheduling in the future, especially if uh, Power 5 versus Power 5 becomes more common. All right, good trivia there, Boomer. Good job, man. You're listening to the Go Big Redcast. And now, Sweep Left. All right, let's uh, let's head into Sweep Left. This is our wide-angle view of all things college football and uh, we've been doing conference race breakdowns. We're doing our own conference this week, though. This is uh, all about the Big Ten. So uh, should be a good race, both uh, east and west this year, I think. Uh, a lot of stuff 
to to break down here. Let's start in the east, uh, guys, since uh, we'll we'll know the west uh, as good as anything. Um, so you know, obviously it's Ohio State, uh, but Penn State uh, won last year. Actually, they're the defending Big Ten champion. Uh, and you know, I've I've seen some people kind of high on on Indiana, for example, this year. Michigan uh, lost a lot of players, but they're still actually seeing uh, predictions in the nine or ten win range. Uh, anybody have a, a a take here on on what's going to happen in the East? Uh, let's start with uh, Mac. I'm really curious to see how uh, how Penn State comes out this year. You know, they looked pretty confident in the uh, the Big Ten media days with. Frank Franklin's showing a little bit of different kind of swag too. I don't know. They, I feel like they've sort of earned respect, but at the same time, I, I if I were them, I'd be a little bit like jaded because no one's every seems to think it's a little fluky that they won it last year, and it kind of was a little fluky in some it's, games. It's I mean, they, what they a, got lucky uh, a few times, but that's what it takes. I'm, we we kicked a ball in the end zone of Missouri to to win a national championship. I get that. I'm not. That's how the game works. But um, sorry, Michigan. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think Ohio State is probably the front runner. I'm, I'm really interested with their new offensive coordinator to see how good they look. I mean, that could be really scary if he if he's good about putting that offense in quick. Kevin Wilson, yeah. yeah. I mean, geez. And their, their uh, D coordinator is uh, Shiano, right? And talk mm-hmm. about surrounding yourself with mm-hmm. uh, quality coaches there. Geez, uh, Myers are just swimming in it. A lot of head coaching uh, experience there. Yeah. I think Penn State is a big question. I, I agree. I mean, they – Go off and, and have a, a big win streak. The Ohio State win last year was a little bit fluky. Uh, you know, besides that, though, they did look offense looked really good uh, second half of the of the of the year, including the Big Ten championship game and the and the close loss to USC in the bowl game. But I, it remains to be seen if they can continue to do that. I know Honky, you've said uh, you're you're a fan of Trace McSorley, and he is fun to watch. But last year he was able to just kind of throw the ball up there, and uh, Godwin went and would bring it down for him. I don't know if he's going to have that same type of uh, uh, receiving core to help him out. Yeah, I, I compare him a lot to like a Joe Gantz. Like I don't look at him and and I'm not wowed by any specific physical trait that he has, or you know any kind of pass. Like I think Tanner Lee will be able to complete passes you'd never expect McSorley to make but McSorley's just that gutty kind of kid he's about the size of Gantz and he's fun he is fun to watch but I don't know how sustainable that is or I I I look at what Penn State did last year and it's they went on a streak I mean they were they were amazing you know down the down the the stretch there but I don't know that just coming into this year I, I have them in my list of overrated teams right now not because I think they're going to be bad it's just we have three teams from that one division that are in the top ten. There's four overall from the Big Ten that are ranked in the top ten. And uh, yep, that's right. we look like a top-heavy conference. Well, the East is a top-heavy division right now. Um, you mentioned Indiana, and I think what I saw was they have 96% of their defense back from last year, per defensive production, which is the tops in the, in the entire country. Um, right, wow. Fant, I believe, is like their their all-star, all-American corner, if I remember. Um but definitely you have Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, and any one of those orders, those are kind of the top three. And then you have this this drop-off. And the reality is Indiana could be could be decent. They've hired up their defensive coordinator from last year, Allen, I believe his name was, and yep, he's the head right. coach. Um, you have Michigan State, to me, is an absolute wild card right now because who knows? I mean, they could be 
two and ten and D'Antonio's on his way out, you know, two years after making the playoffs. Or, you know, they've got a lot of guys there that have played a lot of championship level football that have, you know, and yeah. coaches that have coached that. Who knows what they end up doing? So and and Maryland, I think gets you know, Maryland's getting some good publicity. They've recruited well and and they they you know there's some potential there, I think, for them to, you know, if they're the sixth best team in the East, that's probably not a terrible sixth team. And then you have Rutgers. And as Boomer, Mike, what do you think as about Boomer Rutgers? would say, <laughs> Rutgers, should, <laughs> Rutgers shouldn't be involved with any conversation. So I'll let Boomer talk now. No, well, yeah. At least they bring the New York City viewing market, I guess. I don't know. Whatever they're here for. Yeah. I, I think Honky hit kind of some of the key things I'm looking for in the East. Uh, I am curious to see what Michigan State does. I mean, to go from the heights they were at, playoff team. Last season's record's a huge outlier. I, I couldn't even believe, yeah, years, just so. watching them last season. They were just awful in just about every aspect of the game, and they've had some off-the-field questions, too, um, with some oh, issues. Yeah. I, I do want to see, do they bounce back, or do they continue to languish like this, and what does that mean for D'Antonio going forward? I don't know. Um, Penn State's also that question, are they as good as advertised, or are they just the beneficiaries of late-season hype last year, getting hot when it counts, when everyone's paying attention? Uh, they did have some, a rough start to the season last year. They lost a pit, and uh, they had another loss to start the season. Who was it? Michigan Name pummeled them. Michigan, that's right, yeah. Yeah. I mean, right. it was, so, that yeah, wasn't It was all close. about getting hot at the right time, and they were able to do it. And can they carry that you know, going forward? I think it's a big question. Yeah. And with Michigan, I was looking at their lineup, and, I mean, they had, a, I mean, I don't know how many draft picks. I mean, it was an a, a absurd amount to get, get picked in the NFL draft this year. And then their their offensive line in particular is really young, and for someone as Honky just pointed out, uh, East having three teams in the top preseason top ten. I mean Michigan's O line. A lot of times, ultimately, it's it's one up front, and I could see Michigan being an overrated team this year because I just don't know if they've got the the experience in the trenches to actually let that offense go. I don't know. I think we'll know soon enough. They open with Florida, so yeah. we kind of have a good read of what Michigan's going to be this year. It's a good point. See if Harbaugh can work his magic. Uh, you know, yeah, Indiana's court- another one I, I could see as being overrated. I, I just don't see how – sure, uh, I guess maybe if, you know, they've been building this up and, and really if the transition from Wilson to Allen is as seamless as they are making it out to be – Maybe this is you know Indiana at its peak and they can go seven and five, but it feels like just another six and six year uh, in Indiana. So which they're probably happy with. So it's okay. Yeah, they love about them soon enough too. They open with Ohio State, oddly enough, for a very early season Big Ten game. Thursday yeah, night game. That's right. Yeah, Thursday. Yeah, that's yeah. They love they love Allen down there. I mean, I remember that last year when we played Indiana, they talked up that defense, and and quite honestly, they were the defense was pretty good. That was one of the better Indiana ones. Dave, to your point there about uh, Michigan, um, according to Phil Still, at least, and I believe everything he writes, uh, they're the most <laughs> they're the 127th most experienced team coming back from last year. Just That's to crazy. put a little wow. bit of perspective on what all they did lose. So you're absolutely right. They they lost a plethora of uh, of experience there yeah. and talent. Yeah, I mean, and he's Harbaugh's been recruiting great, but I mean. At some point, uh, it's going to take a little bit. So, yeah, I think that first game against Florida will be really interesting to see. Um, yeah, I'm not confident that Michigan can can compete at a high level right off the bat. Um, all right, so uh, are you guys – we haven't talked about Ohio State is the funny thing. Uh, <laughs> is everybody high on Ohio State? 
uh, as usual. Changes in in coordinator uh, on both offense and defense, I believe, because uh, Luke Fickle moved on to Cincinnati. So mm-hmm. I'm a little surprised, and I guess I almost I'd be interested to have like a Buckeye talk with a Buckeye fan about this. There seems to be a little bit of a love hate relationship with with uh, JT Barrett at QB, and I and and I hear some people talk about how you know how you know he. he throws a lot of interceptions or is or you know he's not a great thrower or, or was it tim beck's issue at oc whatever it was there's it was a guy that that a guy that you know took him to a basically a title game and had that championship season his freshman year it's amazing that i'm not sure where he lands right now kind of in the the view of most buckeye fans yeah that's fair yeah i mean it, it's uh one of those things where he is i think uh Big Ten Player of the Year, both in 14 and 16, and doesn't seem to be uh, beloved at all by his, his fan base. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, their, their backup QB is... Uh, Burrow? Uh, Joe Burrow, right? Yeah. Yeah, we had a chance at him, but uh, Pelini was 100% lukewarm to the kid, so we, and we had every connection. We had every in with him. His, his brother Jamie was here, and his, his dad... Dad played here, and I think coaches at Ohio with with Solich. So, yeah, yeah, that's 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 crazy. Yeah, I guess you really had to be that that uh, sour on him not to go after him at all, mm-hmm. uh, considering the the offense that we ran and and what he can do. So it's 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 funny. Well, what does uh, Urban Meyer know about recruiting? That Bo yeah. doesn't. So <laughs> exactly. no worries. It's ridiculous. Uh, all right, uh, so. I'll, I guess I'll ask for your uh, Big Ten East uh, predictions when we're done here. But let's move over to the the West. Uh, Wisconsin is in the top ten, and most pundits have them as a clear-cut winner. Um, I don't know if I'm quite as high on, on them as most others. Uh, Northwestern is getting a lot of public, uh, publicity this year. Very high on them. Uh, then it's kind of a, you know Nebraska-Iowa after that, uh, guys, you uh, buying into Wisconsin and Northwestern's hype trains? Well, I'll start with Mac here, and, and I, I know the answer already here. But Mac, are you buying into Northwestern? No, <laughs> <laughs> I am not. I am they, not they've either. got a good running back, but I just whatever. Yeah, I like Northwestern. Uh, I mean, Wisconsin's earned that kind of prediction for the West easily. I mean, I'm not going to argue that they've they've been very consistent about winning. Northwestern, I'm not. I'm not buying. I'm selling. Wisconsin. Yeah, I, I said it, Pat. <laughs> Wisconsin. <laughs> they, they, they're a tale of, of of two schedules right now. I mean, a year ago, they it was insane. They're the ones playing the crossover games with Michigan State and Michigan and and Ohio State, and they're playing LSU in the in the non conference. I mean, it was insane, and everyone thought that that uh, Wisconsin was you know going to be doomed. This year, their schedule completely flips. They don't play a Power 5. I don't think they play a Power 5 non-conference game. I think it's BYU. They play BYU in Provo. Yeah, yeah so they play BYU. And then the, and they lose Ohio State, and um, Michigan comes to Camp Randall. So the the schedule becomes that Nebraska-Wisconsin game for, for Nebraska's hopes. That's a really important game for us because if we lose that, I, I, I think we're almost out of the West uh, contention just because Wisconsin – has a schedule that's going to look very favorable for them. After after they play Nebraska on October 7th, they then have Purdue and Maryland at home, and then they go on the road at Illinois and at Indiana. 
before then they uh, finish with Iowa, Michigan, and Minnesota. So yeah, yeah, after Nebraska, they have four clear-cut wins. Then it gets a little bit more interesting. I, I wouldn't necessarily uh, completely uh, be confident in Wisconsin going out to Provo with a BYU team that um, is now in second year under uh, their, their their coach, who I'm going to butcher his name, so gonna, I'm going to skip it, but uh, Ty Detmer is the QB coach there, Tanner Magnum. We know how good of an arm that guy's got. Uh, it's a tough place to play in Provo. BYU fans are going to be hyped for that one. Um, I, I guess I'm not totally sold in Wisconsin in the sense that uh, you know, Alex Hornibrook do, does nothing for me as a as a quarterback. I, I guess you could say that about Joel Stave. Joel Stave. I was just going to say Stave never but did I either. I just don't get excited about Alex Hornibrook at all. And then you know they are replacing Corey Clement, and they seem to always replace those running backs just fine, mainly because their offensive line never graduates. It seems like they always have like umpteen a uh, hundred starts coming back in their own line. I don't know how they do that, uh, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I'm maybe not as high in Wisconsin as, as most others. And but I think um, I, would, I, I think that's a good point though, Dave. With with Wisconsin, I don't know that I'm ever high on them. But they just they do the unthinkable. Like, I mean, you you everything you said was 100 percent correct. Hornerbrook, quarterback, nothing doesn't impress you. Just like Stave didn't. Just like Bart Houston shouldn't beat LSU. They just do. And then they yeah. defensively. They get a bunch of two- and three-star kind of guys. And then those two- and three-star kind of guys get hurt. And I believe, who is the linebacker this year already got hurt from and is out? Was that, was that Cici? Did I see yeah, that right? Yeah, right. that was they the big guy. Yeah. I mean, my God, it, it just happens every year. And yet, I couldn't even begin to name you who his replacement's going to be, but that guy's probably going to go out and get 70 tackles and, you know, and, and be a pain in Nebraska's behind for the whole game. So I, I can't explain Wisconsin other than – they know what they do. They do it well. They recruit to it. They play to it, and and they just and they play ugly games and all that good stuff. And I, but sure. That, to your point, Hong Jack Cici, uh Phil still four twenty six, four hundred twenty six, <laughs> all American linebacker there at four hundred twenty five linebackers uh, ahead of him in well, the recruiting services. Well, Dave, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something here, and and not to move away from Wisconsin, but. Gosh, I, I feel like I need to hand in my Husker fan card. Iowa is one of my underrated programs this year, and we all know really? Iowa's history. The second that they look like they're going to be twelve and zero, that's the year that that uh, Ferenc will go six and six and then get a ten year extension. But this is the season that you know he's being they're being picked fifth in the West uh, by Phil Still, um, Akram Wadley, running back wise. I mean, I if. Like the kid, I don't yeah. want to give away anything yet when we get to our draft, but I would sure like him if I can get him, guys. Um, they have, but here's the biggest thing: they have four returning starters on their offensive line. Every offensive line yeah. for for they Iowa is a junior or a senior, Again, just like Wisconsin. Yeah, and 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 Iowa's the, this is what Iowa does because next year they'll have like they'll have some great skill players a year from now, but their offensive line will be a bunch of freshmen all of a sudden, and and they'll kind of reboot, and it will take them four years to get back to where they are right now. No one's talking about Iowa, and I feel like this team that they have is kind of built to be the type of team that 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 does well for uh, for Ferenc. And then on, you know, in defense, they've got like you know Josie Jewell at linebacker and the typical kind of front yeah, seven Zada. players that they that they usually get. Um, they have to replace yeah. their do they their do corner. You, do you that think? Uh, 
uh, Nathan Stanley. I mean, they did actually. I mean, C.J. Beathard performed better than Ruddick, uh, for example, I guess, overall. Mm-hmm. I, I, do you feel, think Stanley will fill in just fine there? You have no, no worries about their QB? It will be interesting to see what they do now that they have the new OC. That uh, former coworker of mine, Kirk, he, uh, I hope he, I think he listens to us. He's a big Iowa guy, and I'll tell you what, just talking to him, they did not love their old OC. Was that Parker? Or, I can't think of the guy's name. He was no, the it was that, uh, the Texas guy, Davis. Te- yeah, that, there Greg you go, Davis. yes. Yeah, Parker's Parker their was the D, D coordinator. Yeah, they're DC. Anyways, they did not love Davis. <laughs> and so the fact yeah. that he's gone and Ferenc's – French is a little kid. Son. Is you know the the guy yeah. who uh, talks he's about Nebraska being like, west of Omaha. Age. Yeah, yeah, the little bratty kid. He's he's their OC now, but I but I think that he'll uh, he what I think they'll be very excited about what he might be able to do to open up things for the new QB, and they'll still have a they'll be running the ball, and they have an experienced O line. The yeah. so hockey. I mean, Iowa opens with Wyoming. Can they hope to escape that unscathed? Actually, I have them losing yeah. to Wyoming, and then turning around and being just fine. I mean, they lost to North Dakota State last year, and that didn't seem to prevent them from getting it turned around. They only beat Rutgers by seven a year ago, but by the end of the year, they're, they're beating Michigan and obviously doing doing to us what they did. So I was, I was always bad enough to embarrass the conference somehow, and they'll, some lose, point, yeah. they'll lose embarrassing games to Iowa State. They, you know, I've mentioned it before. I think they have a losing record to Iowa State basically since the turn of the century. And they'll lose to North Dakota State. So they'll lose to a Wyoming, and then they'll turn it around and, and they'll get rolling. And th- this could be a very good team by the by the time we get to play them. And they know what they do, and they do it. They play to that. They play to that. They're a lot like Wisconsin in that regard. What about uh, row, row the boat and anything uh, on uh, PJ Fleck and his Golden Gophers, the sleeping? Uh, giants of uh, program up there in uh, Minneapolis. I eat difficult conversations for breakfast. I'll be curious to see what he brings to the Gophers. Uh, It has been a a sleepy team, I guess, for the last few decades. Uh, (laughs) When's the last time they amounted to anything? Rip Van Winkle, man. Yeah, he certainly does bring some enthusiasm to a program that's been sorely lacking in that. I mean, there are some, there's some talent there. What's their running back? Is it uh, Rodney Rodney Smith? Smith, Yeah, yeah, I mean, so they've got some talent there. And, you know, he does bring them some attention that they otherwise wouldn't be getting if they just got some other random coach. I mean, he showed success at Western Michigan. I don't know if he's got the pieces he needs this year to compete for the West, but he'll, he'll probably beat some team that they otherwise shouldn't. So I'll, I'd be curious to see who that will be. Yeah, yeah. Jerry Kill actually had that program on the on the right path, and I thought he was a good fit. Uh, anybody understand the whole story there? I mean, it's just kind of weird that he – he is resurfaced already as the OC at Rutgers, but he seemed to leave for health reasons, which seems obvious because he's had health issues. It wasn't surprising when that happened, but now he's right back on the sidelines. Um, and they clearly wanted Tracy Clays out. Um, it just it seems like it's, it, P.J. Flex actually inherited a pretty good situation, but it's not like he's rebuilding after Tim Brewster. He's taking over teams that were going 8-5, and 9-4, and four, and... Um, you know, brings that that energy right to the sideline. So it's it's interesting. I think Minnesota fans really liked Kill, and 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 they and I think they respect what Kill did there. Yeah. Um, I don't think they really warmed up to Clay's much. And Clay's they went nine and four a year ago under Clay's, and yeah. you know at Minnesota that should be, you know they should have ticker tape parades for the guy for that. I think um, offensively, 
they're probably a little bit the way Nebraska fans are right now with Armstrong being gone after four years. Armstrong won a lot of games, but he, you know, he got people as upset as he got happy. Well, Leidner was the same way at Minnesota. I mean, it was, you know, it was guy. It seemed like he'd been there for six or seven years. But have you watched any of the PJ Flex show on BTN? The have you watched any of that? The, a the little being, bit, not a whole lot. There was there was one practice where you know you talked about Boomer. You talked about how they've kind of taken a couple of decades off. Nebraska fans are we're we're you know itching to get a number added to the west side of the stadium since it, you know 1999 is the last uh, mm-hmm. conference title. Well, Minnesota, I saw it in the background during a practice, and they have just gobs of numbers 1938 39 40 42 you know all those numbers yeah. they've, they've won titles and national titles they had a bunch of them in the 1960 and it just stopped yep. so you know nebraska fans we don't like seeing 1999 they're they're staring at 1960 in the face and they have been for a long long, long time, time. <laughs> yeah it's crazy um Speaking of conference championships, uh, in, in, you know we're going to save a lot of our Husker talk for uh, next week uh, when we start diving into uh, Arkansas State and, and the schedule. But you know, one thing I was thinking about with the conference championships, I mean, it's it's pretty interesting. I mean, that that gets brought up all the time with Nebraska now. Uh, have not not winning a conference championship since 1999. It seems a little unfair in some ways, at least from my perspective, in the sense that conferences are made up very differently now, right? I mean, in the Big Eight days, we had to beat Oklahoma, and that was it. Uh, There was six relatively easy games. You play Oklahoma for the conference championship, and you occasionally beat them. Uh, And you win a heck of a lot of conference championships because of that. Uh, By going to 12 and now 14 and maybe someday 16 team conference uh, affiliations with championship games it's like winning the division is essentially winning a, a, a big eight conference championship anybody, anybody? yeah no i i i agree there and i and I just it's just apples and oranges i guess yeah no no one keeps bringing that up with michigan i don't think and they haven't won one since what oh four oh three oh five something yeah. like that i mean it's been a while for them too and yeah I, yeah and they haven't won uh you know, one that was split national title with us in 87. And before then it was 1948. So mm-hmm. uh, that's even worse than Minnesota. Yeah. Right? There's a lot of, there's a lot of good oh, programs is. out there that haven't won a conference title in, in quite a while. And, and, uh, but that's what, uh, you know, D- Pliny said it for seven years. He, he measures himself on championships and well, we know how many he won. Yeah. Yep. And, yep. All right, all right. That's that's a, that's a good breakdown of the West. Uh, you guys ready for some uh, conference uh, predictions on winners? Absolutely. Let's go for it. All right, Honky, will I'll let you go first with the East. What do you got? Uh, I have Ohio State. I'm going way out Shocking. on a limb. I'm I'm. It's a huge stretch, but I'm going to go this this team from Columbus. Max, what do you got in the East? Yeah, I'm probably going to go with the Buckeyes as well. It. I'm not being too radical. I feel I'm. I think they'll probably be pretty good. Boomer. Hard to pick against them. Um, I, 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 yeah, we'll put them in there as the East winner, and I'm pretty sure Rutgers will be in the cellar. So <laughs> I'll, I'll make two two selections for the East. So I feel confident. Bold there. strokes. Uh, all right, all right. Seems like it's unanimous with Ohio State. All right, Honky. Let's go on the West. I am going to go with Nebraska. 
Shocking. Absolutely shocking. Uh, feel that we can beat Wisconsin? Is that the is that the key? I, I will break it all down next week, but yes, I I I'm buying some of the hype. Um, it is it's to me it's between Wisconsin and Nebraska. I think those are the two best teams. And that game being played in Lincoln and the way that Coach Riley's Nebraska teams have played Wisconsin in the last couple seasons Very give me close, a lot of yeah. hope that, that that is going to be the key game in for the West. And so I think it, that uh, we'll get through that game. And I'll, I'll leave the remainder of my, my breakdown, I guess, for next week's. But, but I, I will say that we're going to, if nothing else, maybe it's a tiebreaker between Nebraska and Wisconsin and we'll have the tiebreaker. Fair enough, fair enough. Mac, agree or disagree? I'm sold. That was totally – I like it. I like everything you just said. I could totally right, frame that right. in my mind. Huskers. I like it. Boomer, descending opinion? Yeah, we're going to descent a little bit. I, I'm going to go with Wisconsin until we actually go out and beat them. Uh, I'm hard-pressed to just pick us you know, just from preseason hype. And the schedule is just so favorable for Wisconsin this year. Even if we do beat them, we've still got a tough road to hoe with Ohio State, Penn State. Uh, even Northwestern yeah. plays us tough in Lincoln every year. So it's that's true. a game we can always, you know, we can't risk losing any other game, essentially, even with Wisconsin's schedule. So even if we do beat them, I think it's going to be tough to, to win the West. Fair enough. Traitor. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Uh, you know, I'll, I'll buy the hype train too. I'll, I'll take Nebraska. I don't, I don't think we're gonna have a absolute stellar uh, final record. Uh, it would be good, but I, I think we can beat Wisconsin at home. And even uh, um, again, if Wisconsin wins, loses one additional conference game, it gives us enough wiggle room that we win the tiebreaker and uh, uh, gets in. So we'll see. We'll see how that that plays out. But uh, boy, that's really boring, guys. We're pretty much straight across the board. Boomer, I tried I to mix it up your, a little. Jeez. I appreciate your uh, your honesty. There. It's the go big red uh, cast, man. <laughs> Wisconsin's red. Wisconsin is red. Fair. Yeah. I've got Alvarez. So, and now on the go big red cast, we're gonna do a Big Ten fantasy draft. So we are uh, gonna run through uh, different positions: uh, QB, running back. Uh, receiver, which would be wide receivers and tight ends and defense. Uh, each one of us picking uh, uh, best player available, essentially, in our opinions. Great way to have some discussion about some of the best players in the uh, the conference while having a little bit of fun with it. We'll track these stats uh, as we go forward during the season, see who has the best team. So, guys, any questions on, on the draft? No, this is football, right? Nope. This is football, okay. yeah. No, just I'm not sure. talking men's hockey what, here, all right? So. How many Wyoming players are we allowed to draft? How many Wyomings? <laughs> if Honky could take Wyoming, one? he will. Do we get I one would. select? I would like to petition at least being able to take two. But, no. <laughs> but we are limiting it to Big Ten only. Uh, and before the podcast, you we actually did a random draw. And I happen to uh, be the first name out of the hat. So yeah, very a, random, Dave. Yeah, yes, very nice. yes. Uh, hey, I, I showed everyone the, the the picks. It was legit, um, just like um, everything I do around here. So we're starting with QB, and I am going to take the safe bet, even though I'd love to to go on a limb and take Tanner Lee. I know I'm going to get production out of JT Barrett, so I'm taking JT Barrett. 
that was my one two. I was going to take uh, Barrett. Just I really do like Wilson uh, running that show back there. I think they're going to put up some numbers this year. That being said, yeah. I honestly I have no problem taking Tanner Lee. Easy. Tanner Lee goes number two. He's off the board, which makes it easy for me to follow his stats. <laughs> Ooh, right. that gives me an idea. Okay. <laughs> uh, I think we got Boomer picking third. What do you got? Yeah, for right, let me uh, check my uh, chart here. Uh, best remaining player for QB. You got to go Penn State. Trace McSorley. He's got some weapons to throw to still. Yeah. So I think he'll put up some numbers. He's got what a shot. Hamilton, the wide receiver. Guy Sean Hamilton, yeah. What's that tight end? Gusecki? Is that it? Plus, they throw a lot to Saquon, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, out of the backfield. He'll put up some numbers. All right. Boomer takes Trace McSorley. And leaving fourth team uh, QB to Honky. Who do you got, Honk? Well, I've got some uh, Mel Kuyper's Brill Cream. I've got it in my hair. I'm all prepped. (laughs) Yeah, uh, nice. I am going with uh, Clayton Thorson from Northwestern. That's a good pick. I like Clayton Thorson. He put up some good numbers last year, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. So, good good choice. All right, you avoided the guy from Rutgers, huh? You, just, I, you know, it was, it came down. <laughs> I've torn out the Rutgers. Can you name the starting quarterback for Rutgers? I've torn out the Rutgers pages point. from the Phil Stoll magazine. I, I, I'm going to burn those. I just, <laughs> God, shouldn't even be I mean, in Most this Rutgers fans probably have done the same thing. <laughs> what are we doing? Uh... All right, let's. Uh, we're gonna we're doing snaking draft here, guys. Snaking draft. So we're going running backs next. And hockey, since you picked last for QBs, you get to go number one with your uh, running back choice. Who are you taking? I am extremely happy to take uh, Saquon Barkley from the University of Penn State. Whatever. That is a brilliant pick. Man. That had to take a lot of thought into that one, Hunk. I really thought hard on hard and long on that one. All right, so uh, Boomer, who do you got? Ah. Uh... We'll stick with the Big Ten West. We'll add Justin Jackson from Northwestern. Great, great pick. Okay. JJ. Then I shall take Rodney Smith from Minnesota. Excellent. Oh, Dave is getting a gimme here. If he only takes it. Uh, um, I've got two good picks in my head. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm a little leery to do all, offense all on one team, but I can't not take Mike Weber out of Ohio State. Wow! So nobody took Wadley from Iowa. I gave That's, it some thought. Yeah, I'm not doing. Uh, Iowa uses yeah, a wow. lot of running backs. Just, I, I hope in Minnesota focuses on the one. Well, you know, as we go forward in the season, Honk, uh, we'll, we'll be able to. We'll recap our, our point totals each yeah. week. And if you want to drop somebody at some point, and you you can drop Saquon Barkley and pick up uh, Wadley, we'll be more than happy to accommodate that. <laughs> and then we'll see whoever can pick up uh, the Saquon guy on on the waiver wire. Right? Okay, fair enough. Uh, all right, so now we're going uh, wide receiver, and I get to go first, huh? Wow. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, this is actually not as easy as you'd expect. I mean, I think there's some some good n- names out there. Hmm. Yeah, there isn't anybody who sticks out to me as a surefire producer. And this hmm. includes tight ends as well. So we're doing we're this does include we're doing wide receivers ends. and tight ends together. That is kind of an... So we could pick a tight end in this... Well, certainly. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yep. yep. If you're going to do it, do it here. Don't tell me how to draft. <laughs> Sorry, bud. Speaking of tight ends, you know that I'm not picking this guy, but uh, the a tight end for starting tight end for Michigan is Tyrone Wheatley. I presume so Tyrone... Pick is Tyrone Wheatley. All right, McGuire, you're now. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no. All stop. right. Stop, stop, stop. Isn't, I mean, wouldn't that be, uh, wasn't the running back for Michigan, Tyrone Wheatley? I, I'm guessing yes, they're related. Yeah. already? Yeah. Wow, it's extraordinary. Yeah. How old are we? Uh, you know, I'm I'm gonna take a guess on. I'm gonna take a flyer with uh, Stanley Morgan, Nebraska. Ooh, I like that. I think he's gonna have a big year. I don't think that's a bad pick. Yep, I I completely agree with you there, Dave. All right. Uh, so now we got uh, Mac, I believe. I'm going to go. Paris Campbell from Ohio State. Yep. yep. Assuming that they put up numbers like they should. Another thing. Oh, you know what? I'm going to mention this after the picks. Go ahead, uh, uh, Boomer. All right. Well, let's mix it up a little. Uh, let's go with Nick Westbrook out of uh, Indiana. He'll catch a lot of balls. Give him some get, a lot of, yep. get some yep. touchdowns out of him. I'm hearing you. And Honky, what do you got? Well, I, I'm now I'm, you know... I'm down to two here, and I'm either going with Jazz Peavy, the receiver from Maryland, or Troy Fumagalli, the tight end at Wisconsin. And I almost took Fumagalli as my first pick. Yeah, I almost did it because Fumagalli, just the style of offense that they run, mm-hmm. and he's going to be on the field. I'm st- I'm going to take Fumagalli, so I'm going with the tight end. I guess. I think it's a good pick. Wisconsin loves throwing their tight ends. You know who uh, I was looking through uh, the Big Ten rosters earlier uh, in Michigan, uh, at least Phil Stillwise has. Um, gonna, he's a hyphenated name. He's a guy that we had at Friday Night Lights, Donovan Peoples Jones. Oh, Ra, what's his Donovan name? Donovan Peoples Jones. I think he's from one of the oh. Oh, Cast yeah. Tech or something like that he's out of Detroit. Detroit. And he was he unofficial visitor to Nebraska, starting. Um, so just interesting. A couple of these guys we've gone after, and we didn't get them. Uh, I think the same thing with the USC guy, Lewis. Uh, apparently, I mean, it looks like they're going to be getting a lot of playing time at at the programs they did choose. So it's not surprising, mm-hmm. you know. It's, it's interesting. Uh, all right, uh, so let's uh, finish up with defense uh, and special hockey. teams. Right? They're it's defense oh. and special teams together. And special teams. Yeah, that's Jeez. sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I don't know how we're scoring this at this point. but yeah, I, I'll tell you, I'm going with Nebraska hands down here. Um, and some of that's the special team side of it. But I think between Pearsonell or if it's a Tajon Lindsay being a returner, um, Chris Brown kicking, I mean, all that kind of gets thrown in the special team side. And I think our defensive stats, I think we'll stand up very well in uh, however we end up scoring this, you know, in terms of I think we'll get some sacks and pressure from from the 3-4. We'll get some picks. We're going to get some turnovers. And I can see some defensive scores here. This I'm My prediction, I was saying this back in the spring, I see a 2017 defense that's going to be reminiscent of the 2003 defense, Pelini's one year as a D coordinator. I think we're, we're going to have that kind of – uh, year-to-year change between what we were doing last year and this year. So, without a doubt, I'm not just – this isn't a homer doing this. Nebraska is number one for me, defense and special teams. Not a homer pick. Not a homer pick. Even though Remember I am a homer. Guys. 
not a home. <laughs> All right, uh, Boomer, who do you have? Uh, I think for defense, oh, torn a little bit, but uh, I think I'll go with Wisconsin. They, yeah. they always put up good defensive numbers, and I think schedule-wise, they don't play a whole lot of high-powered offenses, at least on paper, to start the year. So I think that'll work in their favor. So I think that's a good safe pick there. That's a good pick, All Boomer. Right, fair enough. Yeah. Mac. So that's your defense. That's We're picking your... defense, not special teams, right? Defense. Well, you put a lot of thought into punting, I'm sure. So. The hockey is added, thrown in special teams because he really wanted to take Nebraska. So, so um, you take Nebraska's defense and special teams? Yeah, it's just it's a combined. So, like the receivers yes, yeah. and tight ends were combined, defense and special teams. I'm going to take Penn State's defense slash special teams. It's a good choice. Consistent across the board. They have they've a very got some good players kicker. marked up. Yeah. Yeah, they've got one of the top kickers there. Yeah, that's this is uh, by doing the special teams, it makes it much more challenging a yeah. because it adds a wrinkle. Because I mean, like I'm I'm looking at I remember uh, the one bright spot for Rutgers is someone like Janarian Grant who uh, right pretty explosive kick returner. Uh, pretty legit, but I don't want their touch their defense with a ten foot pole. Um, what, what's his name again? I tore that page out. Janarian Grant, <laughs> I believe. Oh, okay. They, Rutgers has produced some decent wide receivers and 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 whatnot, and uh, he's a, another one of those guys. And uh, I think he had a couple returns last year. Um, I, I'll. I, I'm so heavy on the Buckeyes, but you guys keep on giving me presents, right? No one took Ohio State yet. No, I'll take I'll no. take Ohio State. I mean, I just it, it's it's a no brainer. I mean, so. that game against Oklahoma early, you never know. It could be yeah. A nice so I mean, affair. I'm looking at my team. I got J T. Barrett, Mike Weber, Stanley Morgan, and the Ohio State defense. So, so we're just Stanley gonna call you the Buckeyes. Ur- we're just gonna call you Urban. The Buckeye basket. There, and right? there, that sounds like a band, yeah. Stanley and the Buckeyes. <laughs> I have so I have uh, Honky has Thorson from uh, Northwestern for my quarterback. I've got Barkley for my running back. Fumagalli is my wide receiver tight end, and then I have Nebraska for defense and special teams. All right, Mac, uh, run down your your team. You got Tanner Lee, right? I got Tanner Lee at quarterback. Um, I got the homie from Minnesota uh, for my running back and Ronnie Smith. Yeah, where did I put that? The wide receiver from Ohio State. Oh, man, I closed everything. Paris Campbell. Oh, Paris uh, you Campbell. took Paris yep, Campbell. Yep, Paris Campbell. And then I took um, Penn State's special teams slash defense gotcha. slash after-school All program. Right. Just kidding. Boomer, you took Trace McSorley. Yeah, McSorley, uh, Justin Jackson for running back out of Northwestern. Uh, yep. Nick Westbrook from Indiana for wide receiver for a little, yep. little twist on things. And then we have for Wisconsin for defense and special teams. All right. Yeah, uh, the waiver wire is out there, guys. And uh, not only does uh, Akram Wadley out there, but uh, other guys like L.J. Scott, Michigan State. Uh, Michigan State does rebound. L.J. Scott probably is going to have a big year. Deshaun Hamilton, Penn State wide receiver. Uh, Jawan Johnson, Penn State wide receiver. Lots of uh, good names out there. Anyone actually. from Michigan get selected? It doesn't seem like it, does it? It's kind of surprising. No, that's what I'm telling you. I, I don't. I don't know about Michigan. Chris Evans might have been an okay running back to pick. There's some good running backs in the Big Ten this year. Yeah. I mean, Chris mm-hmm. James uh, is a Wisconsin guy, transferred in from, uh, was it Pitt or something like that? Uh, he'll probably have a big year. 
anyway, all right, that's fun, guys. We'll figure out the scoring. Uh, I think everything's pretty straightforward besides this complicated defense special teams thing that hockey uh, insisted on, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go from there. Yeah, I like uh, to throw some complications into things. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Well, let's, uh, let's go right into sw- uh, the rest of Sweep Left, uh, where we go into the national side. Uh, we've gone through a breakdown of all five of the Power Five conferences, as well as the Group of Five last week. Um, let's uh, see if, and if you don't have one, it's no big deal, but if you got one and you want to talk about it, uh, throw it out. Uh, most overrated or underrated teams out there? Uh, I know, Honky, you've been thinking about this for a while. Well, I, yeah, I can start on this because we've talked a little bit Is about it Wyoming? these teams. <laughs> well, no. well, they're on my list here. Uh, Who's this team for Laramie? And, you know, what's kind of nice is now that we've – this is the kind of the culmination of all the Power 5, you know, uh, uh, breakdowns that we've done. And so we've talked about these enough now over the last few weeks. For overrated teams, I have Clemson up there. And uh, overrated only in the sense of nothing else. They're top 10. And, I mean, they could have been 8-4 and four a year ago. We talked about that in last week's show. And uh, they only have, I believe you said, six seniors that are, you know, scholarship seniors on the team. I think this is a year that Clemson could easily fall back into an eight and four area. Uh, Penn State, I have overrated for no other reason than it's just they're a top ten team. If they were ranked twentieth right now, I'd probably say that would be fine. But uh, Michigan overrated uh, based off of all the production that they've lost. Georgia, they I, I was listening the other night and there was a radio show talking about them being top ten. Well, that happens every year with Georgia and and uh, Miami. Boy, they're getting talked about a lot. Texas being in the top 25 right now. Texas, that is a lot of credit right now being given to to a coach Uh, who hasn't coached a game there yet. And And then South Florida is just an interesting one for the overrated side. Uh, They're top 25 based off of what Taggart did there a year ago. Now Taggart's, of course, at Oregon. Charlie Strong is at South Florida. Their schedule's god-awful. The only Power 5 team they play is Illinois. So, I mean, they very well could win a lot of games because of that. But – you know, South yeah. Florida being number they have, uh, 20 or something in the preseason seems a little high. Who's their quarterback? Is that that Flowers? Is that Quentin? Oh, I forget his name. Uh, he's been there for a long time, though. He's, mm-hmm. he's solid. So, yeah, I could definitely see that. Those are my overrated teams, then. I have a list of those underrated. overrated So half teams. the top 25 is basically overrated. All right, that's right. Anyone in the top 10. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Including the national Pretty much read down the list. So well, it gives you a lot of room for Nebraska to get into the top yeah. 25 that way. Thank you, Boomer. I, I, I understand the, uh, the Clemson thing, but... From national championship to, to eight and four, uh, I think that might be a stretch. Uh, the other ones, I guess, are, are kind of inter- interesting, though. But it's what we talked uh, about last year. They, they could have been eight and four in the same year that they won the national championship. I was just watching their game tonight. They, they replayed it from Pitt last year. Yeah. They were five and zero oh early in the season in games that that finished within seven points. They were that close. Yeah. In the first, and they were five and zero oh in those games. That included a six point win against Troy, and then they go and they lose to. To Pitt, and they should have lost definitely to North Carolina State. Uh, you know, North Carolina State just missed a gimme field goal. So, and that was their great team. That was their national title team. I'm saying last year's team could have been at times closer to the eight and four, nine and three than than the national title winner they ended up being. So, that's why I'm just saying based off of that, and then what you mentioned at the end of the last show, six seniors basically on the team. They they have mastered the SEC version of attrition and getting rid of guys. Um, it, Maybe them being number five or four right now with, with Watson gone, overrated. No, all right, all right, I hear you. Um, 
So let's go over to Boomer and Mac. Uh, who else do you have is overrated? Anybody? Well, I kept it kind of a little more limited than Honky did. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> he you didn't name the entire top uh, yeah, twenty-five. Yeah, basically name them all. Yeah, a couple teams that you know kind of stand out to me. I think are over getting a little more respect. Maybe than they should. Uh, LSU. I kind of question. I mean, what were they last year? Eight and four. Yeah, and everyone was eight and four. Head coach. Yeah, everyone was eight and four. But in the SEC, yeah, you know, they were rated what thirteenth because they were SEC. What are they starting out this year? They're in the teens, twelfth or thirteenth, I think. Yeah, with no proof. There's still yeah, no proof, no issues. offense. Do they have any real? Uh, you know, they're not going to beat Alabama. I don't think anyone expects that. I think they're just getting love because they are SEC West. Uh, Florida, I have a lot of the same questions with. They're rated pretty highly. Again, what have they shown outside of just somebody has to win the SEC East, so that's worthy of a top 15 finish, apparently, according to voters. So I think they're just getting awarded that now. And I, I did have Texas circled as a big question because they were, what, a 5-1 team last year with a loss to Kansas, I believe. Was that last year they lost to Kansas? I think they did. They uh, lost to Kansas, yes. Yeah. I mean, you've got that's putting a lot of pressure on a coach that's just showing up. How much culture and plan can you change in just one off season? I don't know. I'll be curious to see. So it'll be worth watching. As a, just the fact they're getting ranked just based on what other than Herman's name, I guess, would be the only thing I could think of. I, I can't see any other reason why at this point. So right. I definitely put those three as my overrated going, nice. into, this, going into the season. I think we left Mac with very little to choose from in the overrated I, I've got two very in true. my head that I haven't heard yet. So, Mac, what do you got? I was going to definitely go with Penn State. There's one. Um just kind of for what Honky said, uh, but there were, there were like I said, a lot of YOLO balls, I thought, last year that could go either way now. You could also build on that season and have a really good year, but we'll see. And then another team, I, I think, and it's kind of, it'll be contradictory because I'll probably put him in my playoff, but I think Florida State has a chance to fail this year. And, you know, with hmm, with their opener, and then I think Miami could be pretty pretty good this year, too, and pick them off. Um, I think they could, I think they could flame out. Florida. I, I, they didn't impress me that much last year, but that's my that's my bold prediction. Florida State. All right, all right. Well, only one left on that list that uh, I and it's it's a big one actually. And I'm not saying that they're not going to have a good year, uh, but I that whenever this team gets picked to to compete for a national title, the last five to, to seven years, they seem to fall flat in their face, and that's USC. Um, they're just because Sam Darnold, they're a uh, uh, hot pick for the playoffs. They're clearly going to win the, the Pac-12 because how they finished last year, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I'm not completely sold on Clay Helton as, as the head coach there yet, and Darnold could take a slight uh, step back, a little bit of regression. Uh, still probably a, clearly a top uh, 10 or 15 team, but I don't know if they're top five. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally just taking a flyer there. Just like everybody just buys into him wholesale because of Darnold, and you know that he's gonna have the exact same year as he had the last nine games, and um, maybe it, it's not quite that easy uh, second time around. You know, does their coach drink? <laughs> well, he might. He just may not drink as much as their previous coach. Uh, there's a difference. All right. Uh, all right, uh, Hockey, uh, you had a laundry list of overrated. How about your underrated? Who are your surprise teams? A little bit shorter list here. And, and, again, these are ones that we've touched on, on in previous shows already. But I think Pitt is a team. I mean, they were picked third in the, the coastal side of the ACC by, by Phil Still. And I really like what they're doing in year three with Narduzzi, USC transfer quarterback Max Brown. Really like that. 
Uh, this is going to be a major shocker to you guys, but Wyoming is a team that mm. I have coming out of the group of five. Love what Josh Allen uh, can do as a quarterback. Love what year four of Craig Bowl can do in a program. Uh, their early schedule is going to tell you everything. I mean, they play Iowa in week one. They play Oregon, host Oregon in week three, the, the week after we play them. And I love their physical identity, and they've gotten some Nebraska kids on it. Wyoming is definitely one of them. I mentioned Iowa today. I think they're underrated, or at least undervalued. Um, Iowa, with with all those O-linemen back, and this is the kind of team with Akram Wadley, you know, he's out there on the waiver wires for us. That This is the kind of year that you can see Iowa, you know, making some noise. TCU is the team I have winning the Big 12. And, uh, again, their number – actually, Phil still had them pick number three in the Big 12. I didn't realize he was as bullish on them um, as I was, but their key game early is against uh, Arkansas. But they have a senior QB, Kenny Hill, coming back, seven returners on the defense, including the entire secondary, and we know how important that is in the Big 12. Gary Patterson's a defensive coach. I think they'll get it back. And my last team that's underrated, and I held off to the end, and I'm not going to give any explanation, it's Nebraska. <laughs> five and seven and six and six Excellent. that's underrated sure sure uh all right uh boomer what do you got oh i tried to keep this simple uh, i figure if you're ranked you're probably not underrated in most cases i have a hard time mm. arguing with any of them in particular um that are ranked at this point i was kind of picking through some of the the others receiving votes or the just non non votes i think one of them I'm throwing out there was my uh, Mac pick from last week. I think the Toledo Rockets should have a pretty solid season. And there's always some uh, power or a group of five school that works their way into the top 25. Uh, right now, they're only receiving one vote, so in the uh, top 25. So they're they're my pick for underrated. I think they're far better than than the one vote category. So I think we'll see them in the top All top right, 20 somewhere the by the end of the year. Mac, what do you got? Um, I like what Oklahoma State might be this year. I don't know that there they're particularly go, underrated, but they are uh, not really being talked about as any kind of serious like title contender or anything like that. So I think they've got enough pieces in place to make some moves. Might be a fun team to watch. Mr. Mullet, let him rip. I like it. I like yeah. it. Um, that was definitely one team that I, I had circled. Um, but I'll take the one that I, I took to win the pack. 12 and I've been a little skittish on that pick but it's sitting out there and I, I think Stanford is going to have a good year uh Shaw's a heck of a coach and he has that program in great shape and I I, th- I I'm picking them to win the pack 12 uh, and get the playoff that's a surprise team now they're ranked but no one else is picking that so mm-hmm. I think that's a, a decent pick another pack 12 team that I think is probably better than than expected, and this is actually a lot of people saying this is Oregon. Uh, Honky's not high in Oregon, but I am not. Uh, that a lot of talent on that team still. They struggled last year. If Taggart can get them going back in the right direction and buy in, um, I think that Nebraska Oregon game should be a lot of fun to watch in week two. So we'll see. Uh, all right, that's good stuff, man. Um, other national predictions um, Heisman winners. Uh, you guys, anybody? Uh, you got a returning Heisman out there with Lamar, but. I don't think anybody's high on him to win a second no, time. Like everybody I, figured I, him out by the end of the year. So Yeah, I think a lot of people regretted that that selection last year by the end of the season, which just kind of shows the problem with Heisman voting the way it's been. So I have I, my Heisman just, yeah. I have my Heisman prediction on my team at running back. So I've got Barkley. And that's that's my guy for Nice. Heisman. All right. I'm mixing it up a little. I'm I'm looking to uh Oh, someone will put up some numbers, I think. And I'm going to Mason Rudolph out of Oklahoma State. I 
I like that, Michael. Ooh. A lot of numbers. Ooh, I th- I'm thinking Oklahoma you... State's going to win the win the Big Twelve. I think that's what that's they true. need right there. Yep. It's a very interesting pick. I'm trying to make for a compelling podcast here, Dave. Yeah, yeah. It's oh, far I'm... better than everyone else. I'm going to give you the MVP of the uh, the podcast right now. Mac, what do you got? For Heisman, I'll go with uh, Donald out of USC. If you're a good quarterback and you're at USC, you can win a Heisman. I feel like he's got a pretty good shot at it. All he has to do is be pretty decent. Wouldn't be my first pick, but, I mean, if we're just going on trying to be right. Mm-hmm. Right, for that. right. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, we talked about this guy earlier. Uh, this uh, this podcast is being underappreciated by his fan base. I'll, I'll say that JT Barrett uh, is going to have a big year in that Kevin Wilson offense, and Ohio State is going to win the Big Ten, make the playoff, and he will be in New York accepting – the Heisman Trophy come December. That'll be my take. Very nice. All right, all right. Um, other things you guys want to want to predict, quote unquote. Uh, what do you got? Anything else, Honky? Well, well we have the li- you know we have on the list to predict our playoff teams, but maybe we should wait until next yeah, week for that. that. Um, but yeah, you know if you've been paying attention, Redcast fans to Twitter, you've been seeing our graphics uh, getting posted, and we'll be posting our our Big Ten Conference breakdown after tonight now that we've done it. But uh, uh, you should start to be able to put together who our playoff teams are going to be based off of based off of those graphics alone. Um, yeah, that's a good point. But, yeah, I yeah I don't have anything else in terms of national predictions from this. I mean, we've got the overrated, underrated teams. We've got the Heismans. I mean, that's that's starting to tell the story. You want to break down the, like, the Lou Groza Award winner or anything like that? Yeah, I'll give that to uh, Drew Brown. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right guys um all right good stuff well let's uh head into some parting shots uh honky what do you got for me well i'm gonna give two parting shots here first one is about you only Calabra- get one man <laughs> well i'll be quick oh, okay one, the first two. one's about calabrasca and we didn't really get into it uh, this week but uh was it manuel allen is that the guy's name that that decommitted? Allen, we, yeah, we try not to put we don't put to muscle memory any names of, uh, of recruits until they sign here. That's always been a point of the Redcast. But uh, one thing about it, him decommitting is it's becoming a little bit of a disturbing trend right now with the Calabrasca movement is between Elijah Blades and, and Allen and KJJ and LaVon Alston and Darian Grimm. We're getting some kids out of there, and they, it looks great in February, but by the time you get to actually playing football, they're not always here. So... I'll just say right now, Calabrasca's got a little bit of a uh, – It's a from a grade standpoint, it's incomplete. We'll just put it that way. My other parting shot is I, I meant to do this a couple weeks ago and just never got to it. Uh, we don't talk about the women's sports very often at Nebraska, <laughs> but uh, congrats uh, to uh, volleyball coach John Cook uh, for his induction into the AVCA Hall of Fame and also to uh, NU soccer coach John Walker, uh, for uh, getting Myla Gretzky, the great one's niece, uh, who committed oh, wow. to play soccer at Nebraska in a year. So I cool. uh, just thought that would be kind of nice, a uh, nice touching moment there to, to add a little bit of some of the other sports. Nicely done. Way to be inclusive. And you fulfilled our Title IX requirement at the same time. Thanks, All at Tom. the same time. That's the, that's the, that's Get those the, NCAA regulators off our backs. We are an inclusive podcast. That is absolutely correct. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Boomer? 
Well, I just wanted to take this moment to say uh, to my family that it's been nice seeing you on Saturdays over the summer, but uh, for the next few months, um, I'm going to be a little preoccupied. So we'll check in again with you all in December. So That's right. Very that's nice. right. Mac? I just want to remind all the Redcasters out there to make sure you wear the proper eye protection during the lunar event we are experiencing tomorrow. Solar eclipse tomorrow. It's going to be a big deal. Maybe Turn people are going to be listening around. to this podcast uh, under the moon or something like that. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, my uh, my parting shot is the I watched the the Broncos second preseason game uh, last night, and Paxton Lynch, um, our number one draft pick from two years ago, failed to impress again. Um, and uh, Trevor Simeon. It's probably going to be uh, the Broncos starter, but he is not our long-term solution. So I'm counting the days until John Elway can call Tanner Lee's name uh, next uh, NFL draft, uh, next April or May. Uh, are you implying the Broncos are going to get the first pick? Nice. Oh, no, no, no. We're going to have to trade up. He's going to be the number one pick. We're going to have to trade up. Elway's going to love the guy. We're going to move all the way up to get Lee. Bam. That would be fun. All right, guys. It would be awesome. I think uh, I would finally have Honky fully converted uh, to full-time Denver Broncos fan at that point. Yeah, Janovich almost has me there. If you can get a couple more Wyoming kids and Lee, I'm 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 a Broncos forever. Yeah, we got Zaire Anderson, uh, Jared Crick, and and Jana right now. Just need to add Tanner Lee to the mix, and I've got gotcha. you. That's it. Uh, excellent. All right, guys. Well, uh, great podcast, and uh, looking forward to next week when we are diving into. Real football yeah. game week. So T- tomorrow, start. Yeah, next podcast represents you know game prep week. Yeah, so. our game faces will be on. All right, boys, have a great night. Go, Go Bears. Go Bears.